0: Welcome, Screensavers. I'm Michael Gallett. I'm Matt Sturdivant. I'm Tyler Sitkus. Together we host the Silver Screensavers podcast, and today we are discussing Glass Onion, a Knives Out Mystery, which is the second murder mystery in the Ryan Johnson, Benoit Blanc, Knives Out universe. That's available right on Netflix. It's really perfect timing for a fun mystery to watch with the family during the holidays. Before we get to that, it's going to be our weekly watch list, weekly check-in What have you guys been watching and up to? Matt, go ahead. I
1: haven't really watched a whole lot this week, although I did see one that some folks might be shocked to know that I have never seen, and that was The Goonies. Uh, Ah. I don't know why I've never seen The Goonies front to back, but it's fantastic. I mean, the pedigree of all the filmmakers involved in it, Uh, The actors all go on to do great things, including Ki-Wei Kwan, who is hopefully going to be getting some award recognition later on this year. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. Uh, It's a fun little 80s adventure movie. I I really enjoyed it. Um, Yeah,
0: that's about what I got. So I've never seen it front to back either. I remember when I was a kid, I was flipping through channels one day, and I stumbled upon it, and it was the part where the kid is describing like everybody throwing up on each other in the audience, and I'm just like, no, I'm good, and I changed the (laughs) channel, and I've never (laughs) gone back to it. Uh, I I guess
1: I should explain the plot real quick for those of you who have not heard of The Goonies. Yeah, do it. It's about a group of kids who go on a search for uh, pirate treasure in order to save their neighborhood from being developed by rich a-holes, essentially. What did you watch that on? That was on
0: HBO Max. All right, HBO Max. Tyler, what do you got? I saw The Whale. A24 I also is saw The, the Whale. whale. We all saw The Whale.
2: We all saw The Whale, so I'm going to let you describe that, Mike, because you could do it far better
0: than I could. All right, so The Whale is, first of all, it's the latest from Darren Aronofsky, who I think is a brilliant filmmaker, Requiem for a Dream, The Wrestler, Black Swan, Mother, all kinds of stuff. This was adapted by Samuel D. Hunter. It's based on his play about a several hundred-pound man who's nearing the end of his life. We learn about his, I would say, tumultuous history as he reconnects with his daughter. He meets a mysterious missionary, um, and he pretty, pretty much prepares to die. But Tyler, take it from here.
2: Mike, I think you explained it best after this, and I think Brendan Fraser just kind of carried the whole movie. His performance was great, and it just kind of the movie was just not that good while he wasn't on screen. So, I, well, I think his he could get some Oscar buzz maybe for this role I don't see any of uh, this movie getting any other awards recognition outside of that
1: mm, I, I'm I'm gonna disagree I, I thought all the performances were pretty solid I mean Fraser was doing circles around everybody lapping everybody but I I really enjoyed it well I shouldn't say enjoy is a bad word to describe this movie because it's not an in, enjoyable plot like it's very sad and emotional like I felt a like a pit in my stomach for the most of it it was just very emotionally affecting so enjoyed it is kind of a weird way to to describe it because it's not like you're just gonna go this for a fun time at the movies or nothing but It, it was emotionally
2: affecting I I will agree with that but come on when when like the scenes with like the other characters I just could not get into
1: i liked it well enough my biggest gripe with it is just the fact that since it was adapted from a play and it shows i think it l- looks a little a little weird on the screen when you know it's a play because it, it plays out like a play
0: yeah i so i made a lot of notes the same notes as you guys and i i enjoyed it quite a bit Matt like you said it's not it's not inherently enjoyable. I said this on our little TikTok that we made in the parking lot after the movie. It's very yes. much in line with Aronofsky's previous work. It really like bathes itself in the real darker, uglier aspects of a person's life to kind of get at the essence of their soul, their experience of living. And Tyler, like you said, the, the main the main thrill here is watching Brendan Fraser as Charlie he is outstanding. All the hype that I had heard for months and months and months and months, it was to be believed. I was blown away by him. He's very tender. He's is relentlessly, and I would say somewhat desperately, seeking for the beauty in his life, even as everything around him crumbles and even as everyone around him is committed to like being bleak. Uh, and Tyler, like you said, when he leaves the screen... The movie suffers big time. I did not really enjoy the sections that did not contain him. Um, There is one with with Hong Chow in the young missionary that I thought was pretty good. I think she gives an awesome performance. She's really aggressive. She's hurt. She's intimate. She's kind. She's angry. Although the timing of watching this movie was not great because during Mm -hmm. this, I could not help but think like, wow, she is just... So much better in the menu, and that's oh, yeah. not—that's not to say anything about her performance in the whale. Just her character in the menu was just was so thrilling that it, it kind of knocked this part out of the park. Uh, Sadie Sink as the daughter who is absolutely relentlessly full of vinegar and fire and just seeks to make everybody uncomfortable. I she was effective in it. I I'm juggling back and forth whether or not this was a good performance. Um, I don't know what's the performance and what is the writing. Cause I, you know, as you may be able to predict her character kind of makes a turn. I don't know if I a hundred percent believe the turn or if it was just mm-hmm. because her character was like so unlikable for 95% of the movie. I don't know. Um, I would, I would almost. I'm leaning more toward
1: it being, an. Not even. I wouldn't even. I don't. I didn't have an issue with it, so I can't really call it an issue. But I would say that was more the writing than the performance, to me anyway.
0: Yeah, that's fair. I I did like this movie. Was about honesty and kind of being your authentic self. Because there really, there just isn't any time, as we see, kind of with with Charlie's declining life. There's just no time. Uh, for all the phony stuff. I mean, we, we inject it into our lives all the time, and some of it is necessary, but when you don't have to do it, don't. And Matt, like you said, with the play, I didn't... So some people are taking issue with the staging of it and that it is Justin Charlie's apartment. I didn't really have a problem with that. I thought the movie looked pretty good. My issue with this being a play adaptation and from the playwright, and I think Samuel Hunter's a good writer, is that for a movie... This felt overwritten in a lot of parts. There are a lot of great touches to the script. Excuse me. But some of it feels too like they know it's a story instead of it just being a story on its own. I know that sounds like a stupid highfalutin thing to say, but it, it was more like they were plugging certain elements and symbolisms and metaphors into a screenplay formula than just allowing the story to tell itself if that makes sense. I, so, know, I get what you mean. In a manner of words, that's pretty much what I was saying. I would say I you know, I would give it like an 8 out of 10. It's it's not one that I'm going to rush back to, but I did enjoy the time that I spent with it for the most part.
1: Yeah, I agree. I I'm back and forth whether I want to whether this one's going to crack my top 10 for the year or not because there are a lot of bangers this year. It might be just on the outskirts for me.
0: It's um, definitely not in mine.
2: Yeah, not, not, not close to mine.
0: Tyler, you watch anything else this week? No, that was it. All right, I got a couple of short ones for you. I finally ended up watching Strange World, which, if you guys remember, was one of my most anticipated movies of this year. Um, but like when it came out... It was just like completely lambasted. Well, maybe not lambasted critically. It was kind of like lukewarm received, and it did not make very much money at all. Disney Animation is is kind of having a tough year here. Um, but it's about a farmer played by Jake Gyllenhaal. I never in my life thought Jake Gyllenhaal would play a farmer in any movie, but he is. He is the son of a famed but missing explorer who has to venture with his family into a strange new environment to save the energy source that powers their whole society. This is on Disney Plus now. It was directed by Don Hall, who was a longtime Disney employee, animator, writer. He directed the Winnie the Pooh movie from 10 years ago, Big Hero 6, which I'm a big fan of. Co-directed Moana. He directed Riot and the Last Dragon, which is pretty good. And this was co-directed by Kin Yuen, who wrote the screenplay um, and also wrote Ryan and the Last Dragon. There's some really great elements to this one and some very mediocre ones. So it's a very mixed watch. The character designs are really awesome. Each person is very distinct. They have their own visual personality. But the interactions between them are quite generic. You know, like the kid is embarrassed by his parents showing each other affection the kid gets all tongue tied around his crush there are father and son issues that i think are pretty good in some spots but in other spots like you could literally just get like listen to cat's cradle and you could get the same message And i don't mean that to be insulting but there's literally a part where you just like but i ended up just like my dad even though i tried not to be like him and i'm like hey you know what it's it's cool it it's fine it has a very interesting twist kind of in the middle late period of it and it has a thought-provoking dilemma about the way we treat habitats and the way we make them work for us and what consequences that has. Do I recommend Strange World? I, I would recommend it if like you have a kid at home and you need something to watch. Otherwise like even if you're an animation freak like I am, um, you can you can probably skip it if you have other things to do. Some of the design was really cool. Some was not. It, it, it did not blow me away. And then quickly, I will just mention that I finally, I finally watched Home Team, which. Oh meant, God! Yeah. <laughs> Why would you do that to yourself? This was like a family holiday watching uh, thing. Uh, of all the things. <laughs> of all the. Things. <laughs> of all the things. None of none of us were happy about it, but we did it.
1: What? Everyone
2: was just angry about it. Why was decided? <laughs>
0: you you know how it is picking something with a group of people uh but this is a what no go ahead this is a happy madison production from earlier this year it's a fictionalized account of sean payton being suspended from the nfl after after bounty gate the saints violence scandal he goes to coach his son's Misfit Pee-Wee football team. And <laughs> Kevin James is Sean Payton.
2: <laughs> still still <laughs> one of the
0: worst castings imaginable. Uh it's you know what? It's not too bad, I have to say. It's really goofy. There's a few chuckles. It's mostly really benign and mediocre. It's like feel-good pee-wee sports kind of stuff with a little uh, bit with a little bit more vomit than usual. Feel-good pee-wee sports
2: after a guy got suspended for having his team intentionally <laughs> injure other players.
0: Well, we listen, need a
2: feel-good story about him while he was suspended for that.
0: Listen, spoiler: he doesn't do that with the kids, so <laughs> it's good, not I'm a focus glad. of
1: the movie. <laughs> Even though I did have a very strong reaction. To this just now I will say there were there were a couple parts that got chuckles out of me yeah I'll, it's, I'll give you I'll let you guess one of them it, uh could you give me a hint had to do with logs logs I'm the, lost. Well, en-
0: the energy bars that oh, oh, Schneider's so, character made. oh yeah right, that, <laughs> that, start, that, that was <laughs> the part where, where I checked out <laughs> I mean we've had two weekly watch list items where people are just throwing up on each other. Oh, and, oh! In peak humor, they got Goodell's last name wrong oh, on yeah. purpose. It was a bimbo secretary. It was a, 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 a staple. It was ridiculous. It, it, it was, was
1: a tragic misuse of Chloe Feynman, She deserves better. She.
0: De- everybody does. Non actors <laughs> deserve better. It wasn't like as outrageously stupid as I thought because it was like more family focused. Um, but you know, it's don't watch it. Don't oh. Don't, oh and how could i forget the cameo
1: at the end from the real sean payton
0: oh yeah he's like the janitor in the building or something like like, that i'm
1: glad you're back coach
0: yeah i had to rewind and and point out to my family that that was him (laughs) we also watched uh i won't go into this full, but i will mention we did watch indiana jones and the temple of doom over over the holiday and that'll be interesting later this year when we talk about the dial of destiny uh title that i'm i'm still not into so look, look forward to that all right we're gonna get to glass onion now so knives out it comes out in 2019 it's a big hit made over 300 million bucks on a 40, 40 million budget it is nominated ryan johnson for best original screenplay at the oscars and it lost to parasite which i I think it's fair to say is a fair loss. Parasite that is, is amazing. Yeah. Uh, I listen. Tell me if I'm wrong, but I think we all really, really enjoyed this one. Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. It was. It was just fun, you know, taking place in Massachusetts where we're all from. You know, you you really got that like cozy autumn feeling from it. Really liked it. And now Benoit Blanc and Ryan Johnson are back. Nobody else is back, but they're back for glass onion a knives out mystery before we get into opinions on this one do you guys think it needed the knives out mystery i i think
2: it did because i feel like no one would have just clicked glass onion but netflix has a bad track record of advertising their own films so i feel like they had to throw it in just so people be like oh that's a sequel to knives out but i i do think it's stupid
0: Mm, yeah i agree I think in a perfect world, it's stupid. At the same time, in the modern age, I don't know how many people would have recognized it as the Knives Out thing. Do you yeah, know what I no. mean? Like, no. I know that, and I'm I not.
1: Thought Ryan Johnson thought
0: it was stupid too, didn't he? He did, and like from his perspective, I totally understand it. And I'm not necessarily defending it, but at the same time, like if you're somebody who doesn't pay attention to these things, would you know? Yeah. I'm not saying you necessarily wouldn't, but I I don't think everybody would. But this is about, very simply, it's about a group of high-profile friends from different celebrity walks of life. They are called to a private island that is the home of their tech billionaire friend. Ryan Johnson wrote and directed. Matt, what would you think of Glass Onion?
1: I loved it. I... I saw it, I was lucky enough to see it in theaters over Thanksgiving, and it was probably one of the better theater experiences I've had this year. Uh, I was into it, the whole crowd was into it pretty good. It reminded me a lot of seeing, well, no, it didn't remind me of seeing Knives Out in theaters because now that I'm thinking about it, when I saw Knives Out in theaters, I had this really annoying lady sitting next to me that was talking to me through every freaking scene. And we're all from Mass. Um, So the lady next to me was from Mass. And she's like trying to point out landmarks like, oh, that's in Greenfield. Oh, that's Lennox. (laughs) And it's like it was shot in Eastern Mass. She was nowhere close. That's Gary Tangway. (laughs) (laughs) All through the movie, which kind of soured my theater experience for Knives Out. But anyway, yeah, the crowd was really vibing with it. We were all having just tons of fun. I I enjoyed the performances by and large. I thought Daniel Craig... I, I thought he was fantastic as Blanc. I, I love that this is what he's doing with his life now that he's done with 007. Um, I thought the supporting cast was all really good. I know a lot of people are saying this one isn't quite as good as the first one. Personally, I thought it was just as good, if not a little bit better, because I think it it does enough to really dial in on what was good about the first one and can and keep with it hmm. um so all in all it's it's in my top 10 for the year i really really enjoyed it
2: matt so, do you how much would you like katherine Hahn to be the real connecticut governor
1: <laughs> i'd be here for it No, but then she couldn't act better than <laughs> ned lamont <laughs> or bob stefanowski who just lost Den Malloy
2: is sitting somewhere pumping his fists. Like, yeah, I
1: agree. <laughs> Put Catherine Hahn in anything, honestly. Absolutely. I love Catherine Hahn. Tyler, what'd you think?
2: Uh, I really enjoyed this as well. I thought it was really fun. I will say that. I hated Benoit Blanc for about the first half of the movie, and then uh, that gets explained later with, so, like, I I forgive him for that, but, like, I I was watching this, like, why is he so awful in this? Like, I can't stand him. And they kind of explain why and he gets better. So, it, it felt like a movie that like just tried to misdirect with everything and i was there for it because it was like you'd see it and you're like oh okay yeah that's cool and then be like no but this actually and you're like oh okay you tricked me again so i was fine with it it's a nice one to kind of turn your brain off and just kind of follow the plot along and have some fun with the twists and turns
1: yeah it was very twisty i agree the thing is i did pick up on some of the twists but for every like one or two twists that i or that i kind of called which I did call one pretty early on, um, which we could probably get into in spoilers if I think of it at that point. Um, But for, like, every one that I could call, there were, like, two more that they hit us with, and I'm like, whoa! (laughs) I did not see that coming. So now I'm looking forward to watching it again and just kind of picking out the different things, kind of picking it apart, like like we can do with Knives Out, too.
0: I'm going to begrudgingly rain in this parade i'm sorry i don't i don't want to do this but i'm just gonna be honest i was surprised i didn't care for this movie much at all i Mm. saw it at home i was like very much anticipating it and i enjoyed the first few minutes and then i thought it was kind of dull i thought it was overly long overly convoluted and the i just thought the writing was not nearly as sharp as the first i think this is a big step down from knives out It's a cool collection of characters and a very good cast. I don't think they were given anything spectacular to do, maybe with the exception of Janelle Monae. Without giving anything away, the movie deviates from the usual murder mystery formula, and I very much appreciated that and thought it was clever. I did not love the final result. Uh, And even like Daniel Craig as Benoit Blanc, I thought he was good. I didn't enjoy him as much in this. Maybe the novelty wasn't there. I also I just didn't really enjoy the dialogue of this movie very much, uh, especially when I thought it was so sharp in Knives Out. Um, I mm, but, you know sharp and knives out. It was sharp and knives out. <laughs> Edward Norton, an actor that I love, as Miles Braun, who's like the the tech billionaire. I I didn't really like him in this. He was just kind of playing Edward Norton, which is fine sometimes. I just thought it was like, eh. I did love, however, in the flashbacks when they're like at the the glass onion bar, that his hair is the same hair that Frank T.J. Mackey has in Magnolia, which is Tom Cruise's character. So (laughs) I did like that. Did you guys like Norton in this? Yeah, I thought he was fine. I didn't have a problem with him. I kind of liked his
2: role as like being a dumb Elon Musk, so just Elon Musk. I like that little satire of it, but I, I, you're right. I don't think he was phenomenal for it. He was just kind of playing Edward Norton. I agree with that
0: i I did really like Janelle Monet though. So she's clearly the highlight, and the unfortunate thing is that until we get to spoilers. Uh, can't talk about her too much, so we mm-hmm. might have to put a pin in that. She's clearly given the the highlight role, and she really stepped up to the challenge. So I, I did like her. The rest of the friend group here, I should mention Janelle Monet plays like the... Maybe not the outcast, but the, the friend that's kind of like on the outside of this group of of super people here. She's the ex-business partner of Miles, and we... We get the hint that he kind of screwed her over, and maybe everybody else did too. Catherine Hahn, we mentioned, is the governor of Connecticut. Thought this was like an underutilization of her. I don't, I can't really remember much in the movie that she did that was really that great. And, you know, like Leslie Odom Jr., he's playing Lionel, who's like the scientist for Miles. Kate Hudson is Bertie J., as like this kind of ditzy former model who says some insensitive things on social media. Dave Bautista is a men's rights streamer. That was the other thing. I thought some of the timeliness of this movie, it was like a little too much for me. It, it went past the point of being funny, and I was I, like, I, all right. I, I thought Batista
1: I, was hilarious. I, I couldn't,
0: love that. I couldn't stand Batista's character. <laughs> like oh, just come on. Like, just how he played
2: him. I, just, it just, I don't know. I just wasn't into that at all.
0: Yeah, and then uh, we, we get... Noah Sagan as Daryl, who's just, like, hanging out on the island, which... Oh, I loved that. I loved that. I I was waiting for that to come back, and then, yeah, we'll see I mean, if it does. That was good enough for, like, a And then we got a, a lot of cameos here. So let's talk about the COVID of this movie, because Ethan Hawke, who was filming Moon Knight nearby when they shot Glass Onion, just comes in... This movie starts out in... 2020 when covid is raging and he just like squirts something in all their mouths and they're free of covid was this necessary at all like i don't why did they have to have this
2: i i was wondering that too because like clearly they didn't want the masks and such but then just set this during like past covid or before
0: covid or just like covid didn't exist it doesn't matter (laughs) are you saying covid didn't exist no, I'm I'm not. I'm not.
1: Cancelled, bro.
0: No, I I just I didn't. It was like okay, I guess this is funny. I mean, it wasn't funny, but I I don't see why that was necessary at all.
1: I thought it was kind
0: of funny. It was cool seeing Ethan Hawke. Well, all right, I guess it has some value then. Hugh Grant shows up as Benoit's partner. It seems. He answers I thought the that door. was a good one too. Yeah, I, I mean like that one too. It was good enough for like, oh, there's Hugh Grant. They don't really do anything, but it's like, (laughs) oh, there's Hugh Grant. Uh, Steven Sondheim and Angela Lansbury are in this, along with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Natasha Lyonne. Those are all four people in a Zoom call. Again, it was like, oh, cool, they're here. They don't really do a lot, but okay, cool, they're here. Yo-Yo Ma's in this, Serena Williams. I thought the Serena Williams thing was pretty funny, where she's on one of those, like, what do you even call those it's like a pel not a peloton but like one of those little mirror things like a live stream exercise mirror i don't think that's the technical term for it but she was funny in that i appreciated that i did so the location of knives out with this autumn new england kind of thing i thought that was an integral part of the movie and i loved it there i thought the location here on the island was like this greek island i just didn't like it as much. i didn't I didn't feel the location being as part, as much a part of the movie as in the last one. Am I wrong about that? I I
1: liked the setting of this one. I thought it was cool. I thought it was cool that he didn't just do the same like spooky sort of dreary setting that the first one did. He kind of did the flip side of that. It was like a sunny Paradise
0: Island kind of vibe. I thought it was a. I thought it was cool. I liked it. Yeah, it's it's that's fair and. You know, I did, like, certain things, like, when he, what was the part where he's, like, oh, I don't want to go over the top, and then there's, like, the walking robot that goes by. I thought that was going to come back at some point. You forgot an important cameo from your favorite voice
1: actor of this year. Who? Joseph Gordon-Levitt. When was he in this? He was the Master Dong, like, the little, like, the doorbell. Oh, he was the voice? He was the voice of the little dog. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, Yeah.
0: That was much better than him as Jiminy Cricket, which was boring. (laughs) That's
1: for sure. What if if he had done the Jiminy Cricket accent for that, though?
0: I feel like (laughs) there would have been a good amount of self-awareness to it at that point, so maybe I would have appreciated it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's just how he actually talks. Maybe he changed
0: his voice to Hollywood. (laughs) He's been putting on an act this this whole time. (laughs) Jiminy (laughs) Gordon-Levitt. Yeah, so I I like the beginning of this with like the big puzzle box that they all have to solve and introducing all the characters and the stuff like that. There's an interesting—both the last movie and this one have an interesting relationship with rich people. And that in both movies, rich people are painted as perhaps none too bright in certain places and just very inconsiderate and amoral. But at the same time, it like needs their worlds to have these extravagant locales. You know what I mean? I get what you're saying. Yeah. I, like, I, get it's, I don't want to criticize the movie for that. But it's. are we just going to get like, oh, rich people are amoral every time? Because I'm not saying that that real world issue is going away anytime soon. But I, I got to be honest. I'm a little tired of it in movies right now. I, I just I feel like we see it in so much, and I'm like I, I need a little bit more than than that. Well, they they say art reflects life or something, doesn't it? That's fine. I, mean, I just that's, I don't know. It's it
1: so much. I'm just tired of it. Rich people then go are watch Go watch Batman. This is true. There good, you go. Person. We've got but we've got our real life Batman and Elon Musk, don't we?
2: No, we have the dumbest man alive, <laughs> Elon Musk. <laughs>
0: before we get to spoilers, I'm just going to ask you guys about the release strategy of this. So this was released in theaters for a week. It was like the Thanksgiving week and then streamed about a month later. In October, Netflix announced that they had signed a deal with AMC, Regal, and Cinemark, like three major movie chains in the U.S., to have the one-week sneak preview. It seemed to just drum up a lot of buzz because it made a good amount in the one week, and I think think it's being released in theaters in a few places over the holidays but it seems to have just kind of buzzed up for the service and it seems to have worked it it's this thing is logged like a billion out that's an exaggeration but a billion hours of watching on netflix according to
2: netflix it logged that in the first
0: minute of its release hey i'm gonna go off of what they said (laughs) and they have the rights to one more film On this, so we're we're likely going to be perhaps getting the same strategy with another one. I don't. Do you guys think that they'll expand more theatrically for Knives Out Three? I can't wait until Netflix expands theatrically and just becomes theater movies.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. uh, If it worked for them, then I'm sure they'll end up doing it again. Personally, I would have liked to. See more people get to see it in a theater because this was a really fun theater experience for me. I could have just gotten a really good crowd, but like I said, they were we were all vibing pretty good. So
0: that's possible. Maybe it would have been better for me if if I had been in a theater. But we're gonna get to spoilers now. Spoilers for Glass Onion. So I did like the twists on the murder mystery genre in the fact that Miles invites everybody to his you know, very gaudy mansion to solve this murder mystery. And then Benoit solves it in like three seconds and explains how he knew about it. All right, that was funny. That was clever. And it leaves you wondering like, okay, what's the actual mystery going to be? We get an answer when there's, everybody's fighting with Andy, the Jona- J- Janelle Monet character, excuse me. And then Duke... Drink something and he is poisoned and he falls dead. The power goes out. Someone shoots Andy. And then we get this major, major like backflash, flash, flashback, backflash. Nobody wants a backflash. <laughs> no, no. Can't we get a, a major flashback and we learn that Andy is actually Andy's twin sister, Helen. I loved that twist, honestly. I thought that was so clever. Um, Sure. I, I Tyler, how'd you feel about it?
1: I thought this
2: twist was way too long drawn out and kind of killed the whole vi- pacing of the film, to be honest. I I feel like this could have been handled better, but it, this was literally like f- 30 minutes of the movie just dedicated to this flashback.
1: I, I liked it the way that they framed it, though, because their attempt was to try and show us the movie but from a different perspective and i like i like when movies do that when you can get you know the same sequence of events but from different perspectives i, th- I always find that interesting in media when they do that
0: i liked so I it liked in the it. last duel I, i'm gonna split the difference between you guys i you know when there was a twin sister i was a little like i really like oh god there's a twin sister <laughs> However, the use of the twin sister I thought was pretty good, right? Because this is Helen who suspects that Miles had something to do with Andy's, what they're reporting is a suicide, right? Or what they say is a suicide. She suspects that Miles had something to do with it. So she hires Benoit and asked him to come to the party with her. And he has the good idea for her to act like Andy. So Janelle Monet, you know, again, has the premier part in the movie. She's playing these twin sisters. And one of the twin sisters has to act like she's the other sister. And she's great. She knocked it out of the park. I'm going to agree with Tyler and say this section was too long. It was too much of a double back. And by the time we got back to the present moment where she is shot. I was like, uh, okay. This this is like a little exhausting at this point. So very good idea. I just wanted it cut down a little bit. Alright. Yeah. So we'll Oh go I ahead.
2: just I just want to agree. Yeah, I did like the execution of it. And and not the execution of it, I did like the idea of it and how they did it, but then when you just see her like gathering evidence on the others and stuff, that's when it started dragging
1: and I'm like, Okay, like this part doesn't need to be in it. Um. So the, I'm proud of myself. The one, the one thing that I did catch on to was how Duke was killed. Uh, I, the
0: pineapple uh, juice.
1: Yeah, I caught on to the pineapple thing. Of course, they threw like six other twists between when I caught that and when it came to light. But I'm proud of myself for catching that one.
0: Yeah, I. I,
1: I it was pretty good. Did you good. Guys, catch that when it happened, or were you surprised by that one?
0: No, honestly, I was. I was so exhausted by this movie, I didn't bother trying to catch so, anything. And I, like the amount of twists, the amount of twists almost made me like throw up my hands and be like, "Well, I, I mean, nothing is what I expect, so whatever. Just show me well, what's gonna happen." Well, what was your favorite twist? Do you have a favorite twist? Do I have a favorite? No, yeah. but what 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 was my favorite? Let me think it out. Which one was most
1: surprising, let me put it that way, if none of them were your favorite per se.
0: I don't know if this was a a twist, but I did like the plot idea of Benoit saying, Hey, Helen, act as Andy and go to the party so that nobody suspects a thing. I did like that. I thought that was pretty clever. And I did think that Daryl, the guy who just hangs out, I thought he was going to have something to do here. He doesn't. He's just a nobody.
1: (laughs) I thought that was funny. What about you, Tyler? You got one? Uh, I don't know what my favorite would be. Or most surprising. Or most infuriating. I don't. Whatever. Whatever you want to give us.
2: Probably just the gunshot one. Because I was kind of like, oh, wow, he ended up getting her killed. And then I was like, nope, the book stopped a bullet somehow. Okay, what's the book made out of?
1: (laughs) Yeah, 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 we're talking about our our resident gun guy. That's
0: true. There we go. It's a little book. It was a little (laughs) book. book
1: okay, but this isn't the first movie to ever do that. I know, and in- I hate that and everything.
0: <laughs> yeah. What really what really got me was, okay, so the whole time they're debating about... First of all, let me say this. The origin story of this collection of disparate people getting together in this bar, and somehow Andy just like sees the potential in this group of people, I'm like... Okay, I don't... I didn't really get that, but... But didn't none of them do anything? Like, Miles gave them all their
2: success, like...
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Or
2: they were
0: just friends. That's what I'm saying. There was just a group of friends in a bar, and somebody was like, I feel like those guys could be something. Like, I don't... I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm... Maybe I should go back and rewatch that, but whatever. Just accepting that there's this whole debate the whole time about the company that was put together miles claims that he first wrote it on a napkin from this bar but actually andy did that but miles is the only one who's able to present the napkin helen finds the original napkin but he burns it and he says well you know what maybe it's true that andy was the real one with the ideas for this company but it doesn't matter because you don't have evidence and then everybody just starts destroying these glass sculptures that are in Miles's house. Yeah, I really and I was like, uh, uh, "All right."
1: I thought it was cathartic.
0: Good character. Um, Good character.
1: What I didn't I'm sure.
2: What I didn't understand is they they cut it so weirdly where he goes and burns the, the napkin. And she, she's like, wait, what just happened? He just walked up to you and pulled a lighter out. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> he, he burned it. Was it was magic. <laughs> like, I thought it was some weird elaborate thing that he did.
0: <laughs> I had the same, after watching that scene, I had the same reaction that Miles had where I was like, uh, okay, keep smashing glasses, whatever. <laughs>
2: Also, I thought the the whole Mona Lisa oh. glass thing that had no payoff whatsoever. Oh, <laughs> it had a payoff. Payoff. It had a payoff
0: <laughs> to annoy the crap out of me. So yeah, Miles has the Mona Lisa in his possession. I guess the Louvre has fallen on hard times. He made a heavy donation, and they just said, "Hey, you can have the Mona Lisa." Okay, yeah, whatever. If but, it's a but, go ahead.
2: I just want to say, we're on hard times, so you can have the thing mo- most people come here to see. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if it's a comment on rich privilege, okay, whatever, I'll accept it for the plot of the movie.
1: If, just replace Mona Lisa with Twitter,
0: and
1: yes. you got Elon Musk again.
0: But then, so the good guys, right, uh, Helen and then kind of at the end all the other friends kind of join the good group against Miles— the catharsis and the solution is to burn the Mona Lisa to get one rich guy in trouble? That's what you did? You burned the Mona Lisa? Weird. I thought, I like, that That was maddening to me. Maddening. I hated that. Hated it. One of the worst things I've seen on the screen all year. That, also That's, the explanation of, like, your,
2: your fuel just burned the most famous painting in the world. What? It also blew up an island. You could <laughs> use that <instead. laughs>
0: It was fine. I I guess in, like, movie land where it's not real and, you know, maybe Wait, it's... you're telling me that wasn't the
1: real Mona Lisa?
0: It was not. At least oh, I don't, I don't believe knowledge.
2: this movie actually happened, then.
0: Yeah, I was in the Louvre yesterday and it's there, so it's all good. I But, like, I was like, are you, you're... So, like, the the good people in the movie are burning art? Like, I, I, I just couldn't I couldn't click with it. I understand. I've heard other comments about, you know, comments about bourgeois things. Um, I, I could not click with that at all. Maybe if I reflect on it a little more, I, I won't be so crazy about it. But I was like, as a moment of catharsis for the people we're supposed to be rooting for, to burn the Mona Lisa, I'm just like, I, I don't connect with this whatsoever. No thank you on that and then the glass onion blows up. That was cool.
2: You know what the saying is? You can't bring down some rich people without burning a few Mona (laughs) Lisas.
0: I forgot about that one. Mother Goose was out that day. We had a substitute, so we never learned that lesson. Another thing I noticed is that between Knives Out in this movie, this is two movies in the same series now where... There's a mean guy, and he seems like the villain. But in the movie, middle of the movie, you're like, oh, maybe he's not the villain. And then at the end, you go, oh, yeah, he's the villain. And then at the end, there's a woman who has been wronged, and she is exalted. And you look at her face in the end, and then the movie ends. And that has happened in both of these movies. That is true. So I was just like, oh. It was kind of strange how both of the movies go just like that. like of course all the other stuff's different but like a very strangely specific ending that has now happened twice it was fine i liked it a lot actually i
1: this is like i said it was one of the most funny more fun experiences i've had in a
0: theater this year well there's you're in luck because the series will go on i i i'm looking forward to the next one even though i did not enjoy this one I'm assuming it will be on Netflix again. Where would you guys like to see Benoit go this time?
2: New Jersey. <laughs>
1: uh, maybe maybe some kind of mountain town, like a resort or something. Like
2: that a would be ski cool. Resort. I like that. I, I will say, I hope they tone down his like foghorn, laghornness in the next one. Like they just cranked it to like a, th- which in the beginning. I, I get why they did to throw off, because he's like, I'm going to dazzle him with my southernness or whatever. But then he just, like, still, like, he, everything he says is just, like, some, like, southern-sounding saying, and I'm just
1: like, this is just getting tiring. I, I hope they double down on it, personally. Oh, my God, his accent's atrocious. <laughs>
0: uh, I'll, I'll go with that on this one. It I was fine with it. It was okay. <laughs> After I've had it, every complaint about the movie, that was fine, whatever. I
1: mean... He was British for five Bond movies. Let him let him spread his wings a little bit. Because yeah, he's a British fine, person. Like, yeah, that's, <laughs> then that's... then. that's, that's, nice that's not know. even acting, then, if he's a British person doing a British accent.
2: Just just tone it down. He doesn't have to say a stupid saying every five seconds. <laughs> yeah, I, so I would what like would it... Ra-
1: would you rather him do the Jiminy
2: voice? No, he was just much better in Knives Out, and it wasn't as over the top.
0: Everything was bad. It's funny that you guys mentioned that because Ryan Johnson, I guess, toyed with the idea of having him have a different accent in every movie, and ultimately decided against it. I think I would have been more interested in that. That would have been good. That would have been a challenge for Mister Craig.
1: True. True.
0: Also, the I would have liked it if Benoit just follows the map of the different White Lotus locations. So. he goes to hawaii first then he goes to sicily quick side note on the white lotus i know that it was first made as the hawaiian resort in the first season and they kind of have to go with the continuity for the second season are you buying that there's there's a hotel in sicily called the white lotus (laughs) do you think that that would really exist
2: clearly it does because that's a documentary (laughs)
0: <laughs> That's I, oh, that would be amazing. I love the White Lotus.
1: Um, I want to pose a question to you guys. Okay. Because uh, I don't see it on the on the list here, but I want to get your guys' thoughts on this. I'm gonna actually steal this question from our friend Metalcore Nerds podcast. Go check him out. Um, for the next one, who who would you guys like to see in the next Ryan Johnson
0: mystery? Like the cast, like,
1: like cast wise, yeah.
0: Mm, I was thinking about this too. Mm, let's see. Somebody... Ana de
2: Armas again.
0: Yeah, Ana de Armas. <laughs> well, no, well, no. Isn't she? She might now be a bad guy because she inherited all this wealth. That's true. True. So that she, could be the next case. So she's a bad guy now. <laughs> mm. She's
1: she's the John Wick ballerina now.
0: Well, mine. I'm going.
1: I'm going with Jonah Hill. I think Jonah Hill would would play a pretty good character in this
0: series. I don't know why I think I was thinking of him cuz I was just thinking about broker Song Kang Ho. I oh. would I think he would be he has that really intense dramatic ability but he's also super duper funny. So I'm going to mm-hmm. go with Song Kang Ho.
1: Tyler?
2: Brendan Fraser.
0: Mm. Yes. Um what about Stephanie Hsu? stephanie shu octavia spencer i would like to see in something like this let's see clint howard i want to see clint howard in something like this that would be amazing uh, you what can about throw the, in anybody the cast of amsterdam give him another shot <laughs> <laughs> believe me margot robbie is doing fine in the movies this year she's doing all right everybody go see babylon Please. It needs the money.
1: Well, that's what we're talking about next week, right? Thank
0: the Lord. Yes. Yeah, i pretty much see anybody in this. Ryan Johnson's a really good writer, and I think he can make anybody interesting, and he's very clearly a good director of performances. So anybody you put in—you know what? You know what my answer is? Well, one of my five answers. Put Pauly Shore in one of the (laughs) the Knives Out Mysteries do get Brendan Fraser in it too yeah and then it would be like yeah and they could set it in Encino there we go we've solved the universe (laughs) now any final thoughts on glass onion
2: I think he should continue this naming streak and just make more and just keep adding the title of the last movie into it like the next one should be like down to bone a glass onion and knives out (laughs) misty
0: I thought you were gonna say that he should name it after another song.
2: That too, sure. But just keep adding the the, the past movies onto the titles. So, like, you just by the like the sixth one, you just they can't even like <laughs> repeat the. You get like the Fantabulous
1: Emancipation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, it's funny that you mentioned that movie because there is a theater near us. Well, you guys have been to this theater that still has a Birds of Prey poster hanging up it's like an imax promo poster for birds of prey really and it's still hanging up it's been there since before covid and and another fun fact that was the last movie i saw before they shut down for covid
0: that was like the second to last
1: yeah and knives out was i i only saw knives out like a couple movies before that i didn't go as much before we
0: started doing the pod so do you guys think that Margot Robbie is going to survive into the next phase of DC stuff? If
1: anyone is, I think she could.
2: That's, that's an interesting question. I have no idea. Maybe I mean, James Gunn already killed her.
1: I mean, people really like her as Harley Quinn, generally speaking. Her movies, The movies aren't the best, but... If we're going by that, everybody loved Dwayne The Rock Johnson as Black Adam. <laughs> he was fine he, he in the character was fine that movie's bad just the movie's bad, bad. Movie. you know i mean so like she... Cavill is superman he just never really got a good shot like in the role he's fine but i will totally no, agree man I of would... steel was terrible
0: i would love like, to see real. him again as superman in, in yeah. a better movie i think he is i think he's perfect as superman uh, I I don't know. Margot Robbie was in the Suicide Squad, so that yeah, that could yeah, bode true. well for her. She she's got she's also points. she's also just one of the huge movie stars that we have right now. So we'll, we'll see. Uh, any final thoughts on anything? Um, go check out Glass Onion. Go check out Glass Onion after and the Goonies you see in Babylon. case uh, you never heard of it. <laughs> A movie called the Goonies. The Goonies. All right, well, if you have the listener, have anything you want to discuss with us, anytime, day or night, shout us out on Twitter and Instagram at Pod. You can write to us at silverscreensaverspod at gmail.com. Please rate and review the show on whatever platform you use, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. That really helps out the show. And our Facebook is Silver Screen Savers Podcast. Matt, where can you be found? Online.
1: You can find me at Sturds, S-T-U-R-D-Z. That's on Instagram, Twitter, and Letterboxd. And we as a podcaster are also on TikTok. We're trying to move more into TikTok content, so go follow us at ScreensaversPod there as well. Tyler. Find me on Instagram and Twitter at
2: Tyler Sutkus. And you can find me on Letterboxd at Tyler96. I'm
0: going to call an ambulance for you. And you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Michael underscore Gallet. And on Letterbox Well, thank you all so much for listening. Come back and see us next time. See you then. I do believe there been a murder. Stay down to bone. Silver
1: Screen Savers podcast is hosted and produced by Michael Gallat, Tyler Sukis, and Matt Sturtevant, with additional editing by Matt Sturtevant, Intro music by Charles Michelle via Pixabay. Logo designed by Nathan Seidel.